There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. I wanted to do an episode with Brooke Roberts. Now, Brooke is the co-founder of Sharesies. And full disclosure, everyone, because, you know, I don't hide anything from our listeners. As you know, Sharesy support and partner with us to bring you our Tuesday My Millennial Money podcast. Now, this episode with Brooke today, it wasn't even part of the commercial deal. It's not even on the record as a contract or anything like that. I just personally wanted to get Brooke on and have a chat to her about how she co-founded Sharesies. And, you know, within this conversation, we probably won't even be talking that much about Sharesies, quote unquote, in terms of the app and the features and the platform and all that stuff. But we're going to talk about how it came about. And then maybe at the second half of the episode, we'll talk about some structural things and maybe some exciting things that she's uh, keen on. But this is basically Brooke's story today. And if you are interested in maybe starting your own business or being a founder, or if you use Sharesies, because a lot of you use Sharesies, well, this will be right up your alley. So before we get into it, Brooke, are you ready to talk all things startup, entrepreneurship, CEO-isms, all that stuff? Yeah, let's go. All right, let's get into it. My name's Glenn James and you are listening to My Millennial Money. How I want to position this episode is... I want to talk about, Brooke, what you're doing right now today. So, tell us about uh, your company, tell us about Sharesies, tell us what you're doing day to day, all that stuff. And then what I might do is press rewind and then talk about how Brooke got to where she is today, just so we've got a bit of a true north. Uh, so, tell us about all the things right now today. All right. Right now today, uh, yeah, being a founder of Sharesies for um, six and a half years ago when we started in Aotearoa and then moved into Australia. Um, but after that, I am a mother of two and um, that's full on and fun and hectic at the same time. I'm a founder rep on a venture capital board, which is really interesting to see kind of what goes on behind the scenes of the VC and then how to make sure that that brings a founder's perspective to, to that room. And uh, I'm super into running this year, yeah. uh, which is pretty odd for me, but I'm getting really into it. And I think kind of going down the rabbit hole of like Peter Tear and all that fun health yeah. stuff, yeah. which is probably good. What's your biggest challenge growing a family and growing a company as a CEO? Mm. Well, ever since I started Shizzy's Eyes Pregnant um, <laughs> at the start, like two months into to starting Shazzy, so that was great timing. Um, but, you know, it, and it's worked out well. But I haven't really known any different mm. uh, from being a CEO and either growing ba- a baby or becoming a mother. So uh, I don't really know how to reflect on what it would be like elsewise. But I, obviously the thing that is really important to me is my time and where my energy is spent and making sure I'm maximising that as much as possible and, uh, you know, when looking at opportunities going, well, is that going to pull me away from time with my children or am I going to get heaps of energy from that? Or, you know, and just really trying to make sure I'm 
yeah, really thinking about where I put my time and energy and making sure it's, you know, maximized to. Oh, I love that. I've recently been talking about, well, maybe since the start of the year, we've only got two things in life and that's time and energy. And I just review everything through that lens. So if I get asked to do something or, hey, Glenn, do you want to start this business with me? I just look at it. It's like, okay, if I give my time and or energy to that thing, it's got to have a return of at least a monetary return or an impact return. And if it doesn't have any of them, it's a waste of time. So I just, I love that from a fellow founder, if you will. I mean, you've got a lot more going on than I do. I just sit at a microphone all day. But like, yeah, it's that lens. It's like, we've only got time or energy. People go, well, you got money as well. Well, I can go and earn more money if I waste some, but I can't earn my energy back and I can't earn my time back. Yeah, it's so true. It's finite, right? Time is the most valuable resource we have. And yeah, wanting to make sure we make the most of that is, I guess, ties into investing rather well, but also uh, everybody sells stuff, like everybody is a seller and what you're selling in life is your time. Um, and that was quite interesting, like perspective to me. So make sure it's worth it. Like make sure you're getting the value for the, the time and the investing in things. Yeah. And for those listening who are not entrepreneurial, who don't want to run their own business, that's awesome because not everyone is the same. You've just got to realize when you go to your nine to five job, all you are doing is trading an hour or a unit of your time for money. And if that return isn't quote unquote worth it in your world, you need to look for somewhere else. But um, anyway, we can go down a rabbit it's hole like, with that. Yeah, hey? It's yeah. money, but also, yeah, there's also learning too. And, um, and like that purpose alignment. So like you said, uh, that impact, I like how you said impact kind of sum all of that out. Like, am I growing in this role? Am I um, being able to make the impact I want to have in my life? And mm. am I learning? That's also really an important aspect to think about. Yeah. And like from a business point of view, like we, I don't expect you to know the history of um, My Millennial Money, but for the listeners who might be new to the show, like at the end of last year, we had a podcast called My Millennial Health. We had My Millennial Business and the team was putting time and energy into those products. But on my scale of impact or money or financial return, we just weren't getting it and it just wasn't quite right at the time. So we got rid of those podcasts and they're about to relaunch with their hosts under new names. So I gave those podcasts away. For example, we've got a, a podcast called My Millennial Career, right? And when I look at it through, well, it doesn't actually make heaps of money for us, but it does have a huge impact for our listeners. So I'm happy to subsidize that as a business because we are getting that impact return. Yeah. And you've got to think beyond um, financial and all businesses. I really believe that businesses should be a only exist for a social environmental problem or ha have a you know better solution there. And that businesses should be a force for good. And it is that balance of purpose and profit and knowing when sometimes the other one outweighs the other. What do you think your best piece of business advice that you ever received, whether it was I paid $5,000 for a consultant to come in and talk at me for a day or another small business owner who's just said something in passing that just landed on you. Like, is there one or two things that you've really, I don't know, held on to? I think there's one that catapulted the start of Sharesies, which was um, actually in a hospital room and this lady was getting her last treatment and she said, whatever you're putting off, do it now. And always knew that would start a business and always knew that there was so much to solve, especially around equity when it comes to 
uh, wealth and their access to investing opportunities. And so I think that was like one of them that just ricocheted through me at the time where I was like, yeah, we just need to do this, <laughs> you know? Yeah. The risk felt greater not doing it than doing it. So that's one. Yeah. So if we go like shares has been happening for six years, take us back eight years or seven years. So before Sharesies started, what were you doing and what was the inspiration to start Sharesies? So I have worked in banking and I had uh, led pretty much the whole liability side of a bank. So that's all of their investments, transactional, business, personal all of it. And it was really fun. And I really enjoyed that and learned a lot, but also learned a lot of, oh, my family don't know these things and others' families don't know these things. Like learn a lot of what happens behind the scenes when it comes to um, banking. And then, and then I was at zero and had an awesome time there. And it was great to see a company scaling globally and, and being in a global role and really enjoyed that. Um, But always was tinkering with business ideas on the side or opportunities in that space. And in particular around social enterprise, it was something that I just naturally gravitated to and just thought, well, that should just be enterprise. Like businesses should just be existing to care about something that have an impact, a positive impact. So I was thinking with a bunch of ideas, also with my partner, um, Layden, who's also a co-founder, we were thinking through a bunch of ideas. Um, and then we knew that there was this accelerator program for fintechs in particular. So uh, we wanted to enter that and had thought of some ideas. But the idea we actually went with that has created Sharesies was uh, one of our co-founders, Sonia, had the initial idea behind it. She's like, I want to be able to invest regularly. I want to be able to invest small amounts and build it over time and feel like I can get ahead with money. Uh, and at that time, there was, a, you know, rising house prices and just felt like it was really hard to uh, invest in property, which is what, investment means to a lot of people. Mm. And so how do we broaden that out? And later my um, husband now, he had he started an investment club when he was 17 years old with 13 of his mates. Uh, and they put money away each week together and they felt like they were invested as soon as they started putting money away. And I was just going to a bank account at that time. And then, then they made their first investment, which was actually a cow and then a herd of cows. And then now it's rental property and commercial, all this and investments and, and, and shares and all of that. And it all grew from putting money away each week and being collectively accountable to that. And, uh, and I was like, well, how can we make that accessible to more people? How can you not just have to be laden to make to have these opportunities? How can, you know, with the technology available today, there's no reason that someone with $5 and 5 million can't have the same opportunities. So we set out essentially to tackle that, but firstly, did a lot of listening and a lot of research and just talked to people and understood what they thought about money. And a lot of people didn't even think that they were an investor, even though the majority of their money was in super. Mm. And that was a really fascinating insight. And a lot of people felt really taboo about talking about money and, oh, you know, we don't talk about that. That's, yeah, there's bad as talking about politics, say, you know, that was kind of like the vibe back then. We knew that if we, deep from this research, that we had to do something. There was a massive opportunity here and uh, we needed to change the way that investing happened. But also if we started with investing, that's a place where there's a lot of hope. And if you start thinking about, oh, my money can be working for me and I can be creating the future I want and I can see this path forward, then other things started to slot into place. Like, oh, well, what if I changed my spending habits a bit or what if I... um, 
looked at other sources of income and and it started to create this aspirational and this positive view around money and it working for them rather than working against them and that's what we've noticed um, on our journey and continue to really focus on. Yeah, it's just amazing what you've done and like did you really fill a hole in the uh, in the New Zealand market? Like were there many competitors or was it traditional uh, brokerage where you had to buy a, a parcel of thousand or two thousand dollars worth of shares just to get started. Um, you know, full disclosure, I don't know that much about the New Zealand uh, landscape, and I probably need to learn. And you know, I, I will be doing that because we've got Sarah from One Up Project who's hosting some episodes on this podcast now. But what was the landscape? Was it was it a crazy wild idea, or was there like a bank that had a little project on the side that you're competing with? What was the landscape? Yeah, I mean you. Welcome to come over anytime. We can show you the what it's like now. But um, when we started, no, it was it, we, we've often been considered uh, and seen as the first mover here, the first uh, one to kind of tackle this. There was a bank that it's kind of like you know, Comsec in Australia is one of yep. the biggest uh, over there, and here we had a similar one, which is a subset of Comsec ASB, the ASB bank. And so they've got, they had one that was dominant market share, but very old platform. Yeah. Very expensive and and things like that at the time. You you had to pay quite big fees and you had minimums and all of that. So we were the first to, we're the first to fractionalize the New Zealand stock exchange and we do it with the Australian stock exchange and, and obviously the US exchanges too. So you don't have to buy a whole share. And that was really important because we want to give everybody an opportunity to develop wealth on sharesies. And so that was important to us. And so, yeah, we definitely uh, have massive impact in terms of the innovation in the space here. And then there was also the same in Australia at that time too. There was really not much apart from Comsec mm. and, um, mm. and a few others just kind of getting started. Yeah, it really is amazing. Like, I'm like a certified fossil now, but like I look back when I was 18 and like far out. If there was stuff like this available when I was 18, I reckon I would have done better with money because I could have had access sooner and with smaller amounts and be more engaged. But like saving up $2,000 to make a, a trade or $1,000, you know, <laughs> it may as well have been 10000 because it was just really hard to get the money. Uh, so it's just, yeah, you know, kids of today, you've got it good. <laughs> it was so good to have that access, eh? And, and make that most of that valuable, the most valuable asset they have, which is time. And I, yeah, I wish I had something like this when I was studying. I remember, because I studied finance and uh, obviously really wanted to get into investing and, and knew the benefits of it. But yeah, the cost versus my amount I could invest at that time just didn't seem like it would be worth it. Uh, and just the rigmarole where that's so different now and that's so exciting for more people to have access. But it's also, it's not just the youth either. Like it's a a whole, so many generations now getting access to being able to develop wealth and have this knowledge and learn about investing. And that's kind of been blocked away for the, for the few. So it's really great that there's change, but there's a heap more to do. What were some of the unexpected challenges that came up over the last even three to five years? I mean, one of the expected ones is we knew we were creating more than the, you know, the product sharesies or the app, you know, the app sharesies. There's a whole business behind it, as you're well aware of, and uh, making sure that we were scaling ahead of um, sharesies and its needs. So uh, as a founding group, because there's six of us that founded sharesies, you know, how are we making sure that we're 
growing and developing so that we can be ahead of the game or ahead of where Shazies is so that we, you know, can best be the best people placed to, to be growing this business. And so that's something I think we were very aware of. And because of that, we invest, you know, we really invested a lot in terms of making sure we were thinking things through really carefully and getting a lot of support and feedback and um, mentors and connections and all that sort of jazz has really helped. And and then the thing that I realised has been really crucial is the support network you have around yourself as a uh, business leader. Like uh, you mentioned, no matter what business you're in, like business just feels the same. It doesn't like, it, it, it kind of really doesn't matter. The the waves are there, the roller coaster's there. It doesn't matter if, what type of business it is. You, we all feel it and it will feel relatively the same, I, I can imagine. And I notice that with a lot of my friends or the support crew I've got now too, it's like, oh, that's normalizing. I feel the same, you know, there's highs and lows and it can be so minimal, you know, when with people, they're the most, the best part of business and also sometimes the hardest, you know, it's complex and you're trying to make it super simple and easy and accessible for as many people as possible. And that means that you, you take on that complexity and you try and make it simple, which is complex job in itself. So, but that's what we hear, love problem solving and uh, love, our, you know, our purpose and passion and our passion just drives us forward every day of like, how can we do this differently? How can we create financial empowerment for everyone? Mm. How can we do this in a, in a different or better way than what has ever been done before? So two questions. How big is the team now and how have you approached building that team and leading it, particularly when resources are quite limited in startup land? Yeah. Uh, so... We've got around 150 of us at Shazies uh, across Australia and Aotearoa. And how we grow it is you, you essentially really make sure you're aware of the capital you need and the roles that you need and how that's going to get you to uh, achieve what you hope to. And then if that achievement, you know, if you're adding that value uh, to the investors on the platform, then, and when I say investors, I mean our customers. When you're giving them value, there's that value exchange, which then turns into revenue, which then means that you can become, you, you can starting to grow and then that can generate more capital um, opportunities and therefore um, kind of growth in the team or you're being able to fund that through the revenue generated. So I don't know if that was um, that clear, but you, yeah, it's really step by step and milestone by milestone. It's like, okay, what kind of roles do we really need right now? And I think uh, we've gone through a few a few cycles now, um, six and a half years in, there's just been such different environments of like, grow, grow, grow at all costs, you know, yeah. <laughs> whoa, better be profitable. Um, yeah, so yeah. it's really interesting to see that change in sentiment, but also it's really, um, I think, important, an important shift in terms, in a lot of ways to make sure that, that people are running sustainable businesses and thinking, you know, about the vital signs of their companies too. So yeah, we're in mm. a good spot there. If you could go back to the beginning, would there be anything that you'd do differently? <laughs> there is one thing we would have done differently in terms of our architecture, but we're working on that now. So that's a technical change, which we're just like, oh, we just should have spent the extra two weeks doing that thing, which now is going to take a couple of months. But yeah. um, but also the best thing you can do at that time is use your time in the most effective way to get to your next kind of, you know, mm. on your strategic plan. So it made sense at the time. Um, what would I do differently it's so hard because if you change something, you, it's, it's it's like, what's the butterfly effect of that? Like, yeah, true. Uh, some, some of the toughest lessons learned and toughest experiences 
also have brought the most growth for us or the company or people around us too. So it's hard to kind of pinpoint. Mm. But if I wasn't being as um, philosophical about it, I'd probably have so many <laughs> examples. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Be a multi-millionaire, then start. Um, that's usually Oh, that could be helpful, actually. That is a very good one. Yeah, well, is, yeah. but I reckon you get lazy because you're not as hungry and you're not, a, you're not as like um, intentional yeah, not, with the dollar lazy. that you spend. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not. Um, I'm intrigued on what that would feel like. But I do see other serial entrepreneurs who have had exits, and they can get their product to a way. Yeah, they sometimes maybe do invest heaps more in the product being super slick uh, mm. early on than kind of that minimal building it by that minimum lovable product and testing and stuff. So that is true. Who knows? Mm. May work out for them. May not. Yeah, may, totally. Yeah. We're going to take a quick break, and then when we get back, I'm going to fire up the grill. Tick, 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 tick. That's the little gas starter. And I'm going to ask some hard questions. Uh, so stick around. Oh, and hey, everyone, like if you do want to try Sharesies, we do have a promo code MMM. Just put that in the platform when you're signing up. And I don't know if you know, Brooke, but your team are giving our listeners $10 if they sign up and use the promo code MMM. So yeah, give it a try. See what you think. We'll be back right after this. If you're after personal financial advice, don't get it from a podcast. If you would like help based on your own personal situation, head over to sortyourmoneyout.com. Click get help and we'd be happy to introduce you to one of our trusted advisors. Our panel of advisors, mortgage brokers and accountants work with clients all over Australia so they can connect with you wherever you are. That's sortyourmoneyout.com and click get help. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Okay. Couple of little questions. When you look at the broad economy, the economic landscape, even in Australia and New Zealand at the moment and the world, like we are potentially spending less due to rising interest rates, you know, wage growth is low. I mean, the fun business, it's a hard business, right? Like how do you navigate I don't know. You've you've said you've been through cycles, and I think I'm just asking from one business owner to another. Like, how do you get through times that aren't as prosperous, or when it is tighter out there? And while you think about that, like, there's another kind of startup here, and you know, we don't need to get into it because there's a variety of um, different weird things happening. But like, Spaceship have got like a billion dollars worth of farm, and they were struggling to make money. So the fun business is wild um, and maybe it speaks to like the other things you are doing on the platform. 
to make it a more holistic platform and maybe you want to touch on like future vision or I don't know, I'm just kind of throwing out fodder to, to chew on. Yeah, we, we don't really have a, a fun business per se because we don't charge based on the amount of money held in sharesies by somebody. So it's a bit different true, in that true. regard. But what we have been susceptible to is the, the market changes, but more importantly, people's sentiment around investing and then what that does in terms of their behaviour, if they're buying or selling and, and, um, or, or holding. And we really set up sharesies. You can, you can invest how you want on it, but the majority of people are habitual. So they're investing uh, regularly and, and with amounts they can afford and building it over time. And so uh, features we have such as auto-invest and um, roundups and things like that support that. But we also have quite a lot of really good uh, tools for traders too that are really keen to look at investing in the ASX, NZX and the U- and US um, equities also. Uh, in terms of what you're talking about as a business owner, that diversification of how you get revenue is quite important um, mm. as you grow. I mean, when you're starting, it's like, I was talking about that minimum lovable product, like what's the minimum you can do? How can you quickly test that value exchange to make sure that what you're creating is something that has value for people that ultimately make sure that your company is sustainable? But as you grow, that diversification is important so that you can weather the different types of markets. And I think we've done quite a lot in terms of uh, that, uh, but also, and you know, an important part of what we do in Australia too is we've set price caps and we've got monthly plans to just really support people to be able to invest how they want, when they want, and and afford it the way that works best for them. Yeah, I actually, because I've been looking at that myself, and I think it's a cool thing. So for those who might be new to this, like you can actually um, just pay a monthly fee and that's kind of like your fee cap for that month. And I even did a comparison on the fee calculator online and, you know, just doing it as a, um, as you go type thing. Um, if I just signed up and did the $5 a month, I would have saved $5 a month based on the portfolio that I'd chosen. So yeah, I think all that stuff, and this is the whole thing. It's like, you're providing a platform, like I'm providing a platform, right? And hmm. not everything is for everyone at every time. So there's you know, this episode about small business and maybe a bit of investing, it's not going to be for everyone. So it's like, you've really got to try and scratch that itch, don't you, for everyone at different times, knowing that not every feature is for everyone at every time. Yeah, I, and I one key part of our purpose at Sharesies is to create financial empowerment for everyone. So we do want our um, we do want Sharesies app to be used by literally everyone. You know, like people who are just getting started, to people who've been investing for years, to people who are young, to the old. You know, we've got zero people from zero to ninety eight years old on our platform. So we do want it for everyone. But what what I see in terms of what you're saying is different features will be different. Some people do want, I just want to round up certain amounts. Some people want to do lump sums. Some people want to do, yeah, investing for whatever it might be. And I think that's what we want to do is make sure that we've got the breadth that when people come where they can grow with us and their habits can change with us and they've really got what they need and they feel financially empowered on that journey. So Yeah. Yeah. It's, I think it's just great to get started. Like, you know, it was so funny. We, someone in our Facebook group was like, can Glenn not say anything bad about uh, investment apps anymore because he's partnered with Sharesies? I'm like, far out. No, I can. And some of them suck. And let me tell you, if, <laughs> if I didn't believe or think that Sharesies was decent, they wouldn't be anywhere near my microphone. So um, but that's it. Like, not everything is for everyone. And everyone just needs to take a chill pill, right? And, you know, your fit 
a gap in the market for those who want to do the get started, do some roundups and just put their toe in the water as they grow wealth. Like it's such a cool thing and there's people that will be using sharesies that potentially wouldn't have had access to, you know, investing before. So we've got a, a massive growing segment too of people who have higher balances and are choosing us because of um, our pricing and the tools that we offer too. So it is really varied, like I said, like and that's mm. quite important that people feel like an investor with shares. That's really important that you 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 feel like, oh yeah, I am an investor, no matter how much I've got. Yeah. Um, I'm an investor and that's important. Yeah, absolutely. And for those that, you know, if you are new um, and you might not have heard of this chess versus custody debate. We'll just Google my millennial money chess versus custody and you'll see some rants uh, and I won't have a rant today. Um, but <laughs> what happens if sharesies go under? Because a lot of people are like, I'm investing through the sharesies platform. Now, what happens if worst case scenario, Brooke, you decide, hey guys, we're shutting up shop and we're moving to the Bahamas and we're just chilling and retiring early and all that. Like what happens if Sharesies stops? Well, you you own all of your investments and all of your money um, you have through Sharesies. So there's Sharesies the company and then there's um, Sharesies nominee. And that nominee holds your, um, it's got, it's essentially a bunch of bear trusts kind of structure where it's got your um, assets and your money and that's all held in your name. So say if something happened to Sharesies, um, that would just be allocated back to you or however, you know, that's supposed to be, but that is your, that's your money. So it's very much um, a similar structure to, like, it's very common in the US, this kind of structure we have, uh, and it really helps uh, reduce and create a way better experience when it comes to investing instead of having this kind of, these numbers to kind of chase around in terms of like chess and SRNs and HINs and you've kind of got it all there. Um, You also have the ability, if you do have that stuff, to transfer um, SRNs onto sharesies and and soon HINs too. So that's custody model, like you said, uh, well, what was mentioned maybe earlier was that supers often run that way, very common in the mm. States. Uh, and we think that it's a it's a way better model to make sure that people, more and more people have access to investing and that they have a really good experience around it. Yeah, totally. So everyone, chill out and don't let your purest vibe um, scare people from actually getting started and starting to have a ripple effect in their life of being empowered with their money and investing and growing because, you know, what's a lot of money for you might not be a lot of money for the next person sitting next to you on the bus. So this is a really good tool to get people started to invest. And yeah, I just think you're, um, you've got a great startup happening and it's probably not even a startup now, is it? (laughs) It's interesting. It's a growth company, I guess. It's also important to note that like quite a few high net worths too, have their money in custody situations too. So a lot of people manage their money that way naturally too. So it is quite interesting how much of a debate that has caused. <laughs> yeah, it is. Like I've said this many times, like I've all my wealth that's invested is on custody. Like what's the problem? <laughs> all my money's on custody. So yeah, I, it's anyway. What are you excited about the future? 
Oh, so much. Um, we really want to give someone with $5 million and $5 the same money opportunity. So there's heaps in that. Uh, I'm really excited for our future in Trans-Tasman. We've had, we have such an epic start uh, in, in Australia too. We've got really great representation. I think we're creating one of the, um, the yeah, just an incredible investing experience in um, Australia and New Zealand. There's so much more to get into. So I won't get put all my cards on the table, but... Uh, any ways that we create more financial empowerment, that's what we're all here for and pretty exciting opportunities coming. Yeah, and in finishing, you know, we, we've touched on, you know, we've done a crash course on, you know, <laughs> what you've done and a bit of your story. Like, is there anything else that you want to maybe say or add to the conversation about anything really, whether it is your own journey, um, the platform itself, any other anecdotal things that you've noticed out there in the wild? Like, what would you like to leave us with? I, yeah, I've got a lot kind of, th- of things running through my head. I think, yeah, one is that if, if anybody's listening and they're not investing, you know, a lot of the barriers that were there aren't there today. And so, um, like, just building that confidence and, and learning by doing is, is a really cool way of doing that. For those that are and they're try, you know, trying to figure out if they're, oh, am I doing the right thing? You know, like it, it is so individual too, that experience in terms of, well, what do I really care about? What's the future I want to create? What do, are the goals that I have in life? And going for those and investing is a long-term uh, game too. So it is about like holding those nerves and when the markets change, as long as you believe in what you've invested in. Uh, and, and changing that if not. And then uh, in terms of the business front uh, and what we've created at Shares is like, I'm always learning. And I think for anybody who runs a business or thinking about learning a business, uh, creating a business, like you don't have to know everything on day one. Like I feel like this isn't something you clock. <laughs> like I'm sure people think they have, but um, there's so much more to learn and that, and it's so exciting. So the, the, the most important thing I think for any business owner or potential business owner is is building that support network and those that friendship and those that crew around you because when the going gets tough it's so good to have them there to support you and when it's good it's so great to be able to celebrate together and it's just it's just it's a it's a very complex and um thrilling and interesting while also all-consuming kind of um journey so having that support network and, and prioritizing your health throughout that will ultimately mean you can go longer. I recently, I used to think that running a business was like a marathon, but I heard recently it's like a series of sprints. And I I really, really like that. Or life is like a series of sprints where you have those moments when you know you can go really hard and you're into it. And But knowing that you can, there's going to be a time when you can take, just step back a bit and just reflect and learn and think about that next sprint you're going to make and prep for it before you go for it. And I... I often find myself thinking about, oh yeah, I'm in the, I'm in the recruit, uh, recoup before I sprint, or I'm in the sprint now, um, and I find that kind of helpful. <laughs> now, can I ask you one last question? Yeah. What advice would you have for me? Oh. So I've got a bit of a startupy thing happening. There's eight of us. Like I haven't got any funding. Like I, I have been interested in maybe, I like years ago, someone like a VC offered to buy half of the company and go to town with me. I'm like, no, I don't want anyone and all that. But I think for me, I've got my millennial money to a level that only that I can take it, and I either keep the status quo, or uh, maybe in the new year I go and get some funding and then put in a a CEO and a CMO type C suite 
to take it to the next step because I, I don't think my millennial money is here because of my innate skill and ability. I just think it was right place, right time, right thing. Uh, so any advice around my businessy vibes? I'm in, I'm intrigued on, as you know, you're the founder of it, what's your intention with it? Was it to be kind of like, you know, have ensure you could have the lifestyle you wanted to? And so it was that kind of approach. Or do you want it to be, you know, something where the, the ownership is shared and it kind of has a legacy post you being involved at some point? Yeah, so like because I only work two days a week, um, on the business. So I've got lots of time and I think you could, you might say, quote unquote, money's not my problem. Um, but the problem I have is a succession problem in a genuine mm-hmm. way. Like, you know, if I got throat cancer tomorrow, like it can't just be built around me because if I can't talk, if I hit my bus. So I think the whole um, what next is more about legacy and succession rather than um, wanting to take over the world. Because if I, if I got funding, all the money would go to would be advertising to grow the audience. And like we're getting some other hosts in to help um, the load and just really protect the platform and what we've got. Uh, so it isn't built around me as much. Like I'll be talking on the podcast every week, everyone, like don't stress, but <laughs> I just want it to be if I died tomorrow or I couldn't work, I want my team to still have a job I want the brand and the product and the legacy to live on because I think it does add legitimate value to people. Yeah. And it sounds like bringing on those other, uh, you know, podcasters into your uh, realm too also helps expand that reach too because they some of them already have their reach. There's probably Venn diagram there too, but that's kind of a helpful mm. way of doing that. Mm. Look, I I really value the co-foundership of Sharesies. I think that's a really great way for us to be able to share the load to reduce that kind of key person risk and um, and have people that are really bought into the same purpose and vision. Now, when you've created a company for a while and then bringing somebody in, that is probably quite different. So um, it sounds like you're really thinking about how you share that. Uh, even, it just sounds like you're kind of really thinking about that path now with getting those other podcasters in. And then when you're asked to do something going, oh, should I do that? Or put them forward mm. or, uh, and how do I build their profile? When you get a photo taken, they're there too, you know, and just helping kind of, mm. it sounds like all the things you're doing already is probably what's naturally right for you. But given that two days a week too, it's like, yeah, it's, it's whatever you want it to grow into. Um, you have that choice right now as a kind of full owner. Mm. Um, and that, and I have a lot of friends who run businesses like that, and that's what's important to them is that freedom and that control. And they've got a good team. That's fine, but mm. yeah, and it like, might be a it might be a hybrid thing where I put in a GM yeah. that's just yeah. employed, looked after, and yeah, yeah. But this, but if your biggest risk is the biggest key person risk is you. The GM, and it's not that you're, it doesn't sound like you're, it's not because you're stretched on the, like the business side of things. It's more actually who would be fronting this and doing it and mm. doing it to your standard. Um, what I love about the community, especially in the finance podcast community, is how close you all are. Like Sim and Victoria and you, like you're all mates. Yeah. Like, and there's something really special in I that. I had a few days with know? Sim and Sarah a couple of weeks ago in Sydney. Yeah. They come out yeah. and we just hang out, we hung out for I a couple of days. That. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe maybe there's something there. You all can support each other if something like that happens because you've all got that same risk. Yeah, know, so. true. Yeah, and I don't want to overcook it in my mind, but I'm just like, yeah, I just need to protect 
the brand and it, and it might even, and thanks for letting me just workshop this with another founder and, and I like bringing my audience on the journey as well, right? Um, and my team, mm. like it may be, yeah, get the other hosts in, maybe get some type of GM type role. And I think a, a lot of the, so in my business, like I don't employ um, bookkeepers or accountants in-house. Um, I just have it completely external just for, you know, a few reasons there and, and maybe that GM type role, because it is that payroll, the management um, and the whole succession piece. But yeah, it's a, it definitely is a to be continued, that's for sure. It's a, it's a process. Um, we are looking potentially, everyone, we heard it here first, there might be a rebranding next year. Um, of everything. So, you know, and you know, nothing's rushed and yeah, it's kind of like, and you're probably the same as like, you can't just do something because you woke up. Mm. Like you can in year one and six months in, but now, because we're like the same age, like we're in our sixth year. Um, mm. I can't just go, oh, I have this idea in the shower. Let's implement that today and try it. <laughs> because we've got... Don't you wish you could? I know. <laughs> like, I've got to bring... And you've got a lot more Maybe team members than podcast, I do. shower ideas. Yeah, like you've got a lot more people in your team than I do. But like I can't yeah. just go, all right, everyone, we're doing this because it throws everything and they all hate you. And yeah, but I know, I know. Found a whiplash. Oh, yeah, so yeah. you get it. So, Brooke, thank you so much for jumping on, uh, being very transparent, uh, being very open, being very encouraging to everyone. And I just hope that now everyone can hear kind of the the DD that I do behind the scenes when I am looking at brands that we work with. And, you know, I, I'm probably turning around brands daily that, you know, want to reach out and all that. But I think the way we got to know each other, Sharesies, was I think I did some Adrian at the time was doing different events yes. and we saw around and, you know, this collab that we've been doing, it's probably been a child of two years worth of just being in each other's orbit and spheres. So, um, Actually. Yeah, yeah, it's um, it's been really cool. And I just want everyone to know, like, this is, yeah, this is the type of people and personality behind some of the good quality show partners that we've got. And yeah, if you are interested in getting started or if you haven't, give Sharesies a try. And as much as this episode wasn't an ad, Assume if my <laughs> mouth is moving, everything's an ad. How about that? Um, <laughs> give them a try. You've got nothing to lose, only a bit of uh, your time to learn some experience and get started investing. So, Brooke, thank you so much for sharing your story today. Thanks, Heaps, Glenn. Really appreciate it. See you next month. Okay, bye. We acknowledge the Awabakal people, traditional custodians of the land on which our studio sits, and pay respects to their elders, past, present, and emerging. We extend that respect to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples who may listen to our podcast. My Millennial Money supports a variety of charities, and we encourage you to consider giving as part of your overall financial strategy. If you would like some giving options, or if you're unsure about which charity you can support, head to mymillennial.money forward slash charities for more info. This podcast is for education and entertainment purposes. Any advice is general financial advice only, which does not take into account your objectives, financial situation, or needs. Because of that, you should consider if the advice is appropriate to you and your needs before acting on the information. If you do choose to buy a financial product, read the product disclosure statement, target market determination, and obtain appropriate financial advice tailored to your needs. Simo Interactive Proprietary Limited, the publisher of the podcast, and Glenn James are authorized representatives of Money Sherpa Proprietary Limited, which holds financial services license 451289.
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.